Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me, as always, are Eric Devin and Philippe Bargil. What a final weekend we had in Ligue 1, with plenty of twists and turns and plenty of drama right until the very end. We will take a look back at that and the announced France squad for the Euro 2016 before dusting off our suit and ties for the GFFN Awards. But before any of that, here's a look at the headlines for this week. Ligue 1 finished its season with a bang on Saturday, with the battle for relegation being the source of most of the drama. Reims won at home 4-1 against Lyon, who deployed a rotated squad, but the result wasn't enough for the Champagne Club. This was the case as Toulouse also won their trip to Angers, ending in a 3-2 victory in favour of the visitors, in a dramatic result which saw the club fall behind twice, only to win 10 minutes from time thanks to Jan Budiger's first goal of his career. Gazlek Ajaxio, who had proved adept at battling back in adverse circumstances throughout the season, had also been in the conversation, but their loss at Lorient 1-0 saw the Corsican club finish 19th and relegated. Champions Paris Saint-Germain exited in fine style ahead of the upcoming Coupe de France final, thrashing Nantes 4-0 as Zlatan Ibrahimovic became the club's record goalscorer in a season, his brace taking him on to an incredible 38 goals in 31 matches in his final appearance in league, at least, for the club. Lille earned a gritty win away to Saint-Étienne, 1-0. Eder's penalty being enough to see Les Deux move past their hosts into fifth place. European football assured for next season for them, while they there will have to hope for a PSG win at the weekend to mean they will go into the Europa League. The final Champions League spot was also in play as Monaco needed a win against Montpellier to assure a third-place finish ahead of hard-charging Nice. A, an early goal from Ivan Cavallero and a Fabinho penalty were enough to secure the result, while a brace from Alessandro Player was enough to see Lezagnon capture fourth ahead of Lille in a 3-2 win at Gengol. Three other matches had little at stake. Trois returned to Ligue uh, ending with a one-all draw at home to a second-string Marseille side ahead of the cup final. Elsewhere, a brace from Francois Camano saw Bastille win 2-1 at Rennes and Caen successfully withstood Bordeaux's attack and Andy Delors penalty enough to secure a 1-0 win. In Ligue 2, there was, plenty, there was drama at plenty as Metz's loss to Lens saw Le Grignac's finish on level points with Le Havre and with the same goal difference, promotion eventually being decided by on goals scored, a heartbreaking end to Bob Bradley's first season in France. In the relegation battle, Evian clung on to a slim hope of surpassing Sochaux, but eventually the Savoy club suffered their second consecutive relegation during Cretille and Paris FC in the Nationale next season. And that's your news, but remember, for all your latest headlines, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start with a look at the final match day of the season and what an end to the season it was. Monaco were never really troubled as they qualified for the Champions League, but at the bottom, Rans pulled off an unlikely 4-1 win against Lyon, only to hear that Toulouse had come from behind at Angers to win 3-2 and secure their Ligue 1 status for next season. Philip, it was a pretty entertaining end to what has been a good season. Yeah, you know what? It was great. Um, you had uh, Reims uh, beating Monaco. We were talking about this last week. Uh, Reims beating Lyon 4-1, a very comprehensive uh, compre comprehensive, sorry, score. Uh, if you haven't seen the third goal by Attila Chirani, it really is a, a contender for goal of the season, a uh, shot from the uh, left wing of the, uh, of the pitch. Uh, uh, some kind of love volley that uh, well actually loves uh, Anthony Lopez. So great, great football on display by Reims. Um, and so Reims winning meant that was had to win at Angers to uh, to stay up. And uh, what I mean, what drama? Angers go one 0 up. Toulouse have a penalty. They just say, you know, you know what? We're not going to score it because we like we like the dramas. Uh, so Bressway um, puts his. Uh, 
puts a spot kick over the bar. Then Toulouse equalised, Angers score a second, 20 minutes to go. As it stands, um, well, Gazelec are not even uh, winning at Lorient, so they're out of the equation. But then you've got uh, a quite, quite, quite a lucky uh, deflected volley by Bressway Isort uh, at, at the time. More, more, you know, uh, luck than um, anything else. But uh, the final free kick was uh, Bodiger was uh, was tremendous, and the scenes afterwards were just absolutely amazing. And one big um, bravo to uh, Pascal Duprat, um, the first to admit I thought that uh, Toulouse, given their running, could never ever uh, stay up. I mean, you could argue they stayed up because Reims uh, made a crazy decision to sack their manager. Uh, probably was not. Uh, of course, it's easy to say it now, but uh, Reims did finish on 39 points. That's a that's a lot of points. Um, but uh, you know, Duprat, Duprat still still believed, and um, it's really a thanks to him because they were going nowhere under Arribagé, and I honestly didn't think he could do it, but he's he's done it, and it's uh, one was a great uh, great achievement of uh, of this season. It, it really really and truly is. Eric, let's focus on Toulouse's win to start off with. It, it had a, a plenty of twists and turns. I mean, Martin Braithwaite missed that penalty with Angers 1-up. They go and level the scores and then concede almost straight away after that. And uh, we were, if you listen back to our um, chat last week on uh, Saturday where we went through or the league on live. There was plenty of chances for Braithwaite, it seemed. It seemed like Toulouse were piling on all the pressure. And finally, it told. What a terrific way to end the season for them and, and to stay up that way. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about Dupra, and I think we need to give him credit, uh, not only for the for the motivation he's gave to his team. Toulouse even got a mention on Football Weekly this morning, or this evening. I'm not I'm not sure what time it's released in the UK, but uh, they had a thing that Dupra had, had played the... <laughs> The player is a video of their wife, wives and children crying uh, and saying, you have to win this for us. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's some interesting motivational tactics there from the, the former Evian manager. Um, but again, you know, throughout, this, throughout his time as manager, um, he's, he's given a chance to, to youngsters like, like Bodiguet, like I said, Diop, uh, like Alban Lafont, uh, who obviously made his debut before uh, Dupro had arrived. But again, trusting these young players... Um, when maybe more more veteran players might have been uh, the more obvious uh, answer, I, I think has really been really been crucial to Toulouse's uh, improved form. I, I think look at the substitutions he's made as well. I mean, Bodier scores the winner. Uh, Ninkov comes on and, and makes the assist for Braithwaite. Trejo is also a substitute, and he provides the assist for uh, Ben Yedder's winner. Uh, so again, you know, he's he's not only shown faith in. Uh, perhaps not the most obvious set of players, but he's also, uh, you know, shown very good in-game management to to bring on players and to make an impact in a positive way. Uh, and again, you know, this this wasn't a match where, as in the case of Leon, uh, I'm ashamed to say that they seemed to lay down a little bit in, ter in terms of the intensity with which they played and the personnel that uh, Genesio had selected. Uh, there was no such there was no such sense of that uh, from Angers. This was very much a, a first-choice team, uh, you know, for a club that was, you know, looking to end the season on, on a very strong season on, on a positive note in front of their their home fans. So uh, Angers were really up for it, and but uh, yeah, credit to credit to Dupra and and credit to to Toulouse as a team for for uh, the way they've come together over the last six weeks or so uh, to maintain their league on status. Yeah, you mentioned that video there, Eric, of Pascal Dupois. I do urge anyone listening to go and search it out because even if you don't speak French, you can tell the passion he's speaking just before he shows the video of, of the players' families and, and ch children telling them that they need to win this game and the emotion that it brought out the players, and it, it's, it finally seemed to work in the end for them. But let's go to Reims at the moment, who almost made me look very smart, but unfortunately <laughs> to lose... And did prove me wrong, Philip, but uh, they gave it a really good go of it, although maybe it was a little bit too much too late, wasn't it? Yeah, it's still quite admirable. Um, like I said, uh, we uh, we discussed this and uh, didn't really uh, believe that uh, Reims could, uh, could beat a Lyon side that had just beaten Monaco 4-0. But then again, Lyon had second pretty much... Uh, in the bag. I mean, they did have it on, in the bag in terms of uh, in terms of goal difference, but uh, still a, a very good, uh, very good performance. But uh, such um, 
to me, to me, it's such a waste. Uh, we we mustn't take anything away from Duprat, but uh, if it wasn't for uh, Reims, sh shall we say, um, kicking back after the uh, after a few games because they were not that bad. They they, they were they were mid table uh, during the winter, but uh, not you 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 felt you felt they could they could still play uh, a decent game. And so the way they got sucked into this, um, so credit credit to to, to Dupont and all that, but it, uh, it is my opinion they shouldn't have gotten sucked into this uh, at this stage of uh, of the season. And um, well, actually they did, and uh, the management, the board, uh, the board, uh, to, to I think to, to all of us, we all agreed on that last week, uh, made a panic um, panic decision. And uh, it didn't. It didn't pay off. I mean, still great. Uh, great to see they. They are going to. Uh, they. Uh, they thrashed Lyon 4-1, which is uh, which is very good. But um, I. I, I just. I just feel that uh, Reims is a is a is a is a side was was a board. They they want to. They still want to be in Ligue 1, and uh, maybe they'll have, they'll, they'll find life difficult back in uh, in the second tier. This is what I'm a bit worried about. I don't see them adjusting particularly well to going back to uh, to lead to playing on Friday evenings, uh, earning uh, much less uh, much less money from the TV deals and all that. So it's a bit uh, it's a bit worrying uh, if you if you ask me for if you're a Reims fan. Yeah, just to quickly mention the Dupra video, we're on the website later on tomorrow, there will be an English translation with subtitles on there so you can see exactly what he's saying, but back to Ras, Eric, you mentioned that Leon played a little bit of a weaker side and gave them a real chance, but the real positive, at least from them, is they took it with both hands, it was just, like we say, maybe this should have been sewn up a couple of weeks ago, really, for, for Ras. Yeah, again, you know, the the second of Gagon for Guillaume, I, I think, is is just I'm I'm still I'm still a little frustrated and confused at at that. It does it does seem that um, he got his team selection right on this in this particular in this particular example. That's the team that he selected is the team that I would have selected uh, were I were I the manager. And I think it's the the right team. It's the strongest eleven. Uh, for for Rance, and there's no uh, faffing about with you know experimenting with players who haven't played in months, and uh, he you know he 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 played a strong team and and he got the result he wanted, and you just have to think that you know had he been doing this all along, uh, you know how how much better you know Rance would have done, and another two points uh, at some point in the last six weeks and. Uh, this team would have been safe not to lose, and you know, again, uh, transfers pending. Uh, unless the squad gets gutted in the summer, there's, the, you know, there's a great chance that Rams could come back up, you know, based on who they who they'll be facing in League Two next season. But yeah, and the chance was there to stay up this season and easily. And uh, yeah, I think I think the club have to really hold up their hands and take the blame for that. Uh, the appointment of Guion has been nothing short of a disaster, and. Uh, there's really no excuse for it. Uh, the, the squad that this, that Rams have uh, should not be relegated, uh, and you know they they just shouldn't. There's too much attacking talent. There's too many solid defensive players. Um, it's just it's just really disappointing to see, especially the way the team started the season. Uh, you know they were in third, fourth place as late as week seven, week eight. They've just again I understand that they they cratered to some degree under Gagan, but. Uh, him having moved to the 3-5-2 after the winter window and uh, the arrival of Alcatari, I it seemed like they were onto something, but you know the club just panicked and it, it backfired. Um, so hopefully they can build and come back up, and you know we can see some of these fantastic uh, younger players, like Sir Grey Jean uh and Nico de Preville, Again, he's not that young, but point taken. Uh, back at, back in the league uh, uh, in uh, 18 months' time. Yeah, there was third in end of September, which is pretty good. Which is a pretty good start. Just goes to show what a waste it um, it is, unfortunately. Yeah, I can remember at the start of the season when we were mentioning with Caen, who also made that terrific start, and, yeah. and briefly with Angers as well, where they started so well. But like you mentioned there, Eric, that the, the real hope for them is the likes of Grejean Kie, and while he's not been shown as much this season, I think uh, Jordan Sibacho has got a 
a big future in front of him as well. And that those kind of players, if they can keep hold of them, I think someone like Depreville might be caught up by someone in League One. Uh, you would think at least. But uh, those attacking players, hopefully, if they can keep them, they they can make a good fist of league the next season. But we'll just quickly talk about one team that was really a non-factor, unfortunately, in that final day of, of a relegation battle, and that was Gazleke Jaxio. They never really looked mm. like beating a, a Lorient team that have been struggling in recent weeks. Philip, is it? At, at the same time, though, is we all expected Gazleke to really be relegated at the start of the season, but it's a really testament to how well they've done the season that they even had stood a chance of staying up on the final day. Yes, exactly. We were actually uh, all expecting uh, Gazelec to have twice season. Uh, so twice Arzi was, uh, uh, by the way, twice Arzi was uh, ever Ligue 1 side in uh, uh, in history with 18 points from 38 games, which is uh, they've uh, surpassed Alavigno. So um, another record broken. Um, but we we really did expect uh, Gazelec to be absolutely hapless from start to uh, from um, August till well today. Or was it, or uh, rather, Saturday? Um, but uh, they weren't, and uh, they were out of the relegation zone for a, for a very long time. Very hard to beat, playing uh, playing this um, this diamond shaped formation, which uh, which did um, did um, was was not uh, that easy to to. Um, to to cut around down down the wings, and it proved it proved to be a bit uh, a bit more maybe a season a bit um, too long for Gazelec Ajaccio. Um, you you could um, you could see that the first half of the season was was uh, absolutely terrific. I mean they were they were twelves uh, at the turn of the year, which is uh, which is massive, but um, this is where it all went wrong. Just uh, maybe. Maybe just uh, not uh, equipped for that second half of the season because uh, only t only uh, 12 points in in the um, remaining 19 games. Um, so that that would be the second half of the season is just not uh, not good enough. And usually it depends on the season, but usually when you finish below 40 points, you go down, which is exactly what what is happening. Um, this season with Toulouse achieving 40 points and the other three a bit less than that. But still great uh, great to see uh, such a Tiny, tiny club, um, go uh, go up and uh, make a real uh, a real fight of it. So that's uh, that's pretty good. I'm I'm actually uh, less worried for the likes of uh, Gazelec and, and Trois uh, because they didn't change uh, the budget structure. Um, it, they stayed, shall we say, a league de a league de club in in Ligue 1. I don't expect Gazelec to have uh, any sorts of problems because maybe the ambition is not to go straight back up. Right, right now, the ambition would be probably uh, not uh, to uh, <coughs> to lose the derbies against uh, ACA, so ACA Jackshow. But um, you know, still, still quite successful season given given their modest uh, modest standards, and uh, we'd love to, to see them back uh, as soon as possible. It's a great um, a great uh, great story for French football. Yeah, and just quickly to bookend the conversation, really, Eric Thierry Laurie and his his men should be proud of the the things they've done this season, shouldn't they? Yeah, I, I think that you know the the club brought in the right kind of player, the kind of player that's a veteran player, and you know maybe is doesn't have maybe is on borrowed time in terms of being in Liga, being being in Liga, and um, they they really pulled together and and got the got the best out of a lot of these a lot of these veteran players and. Uh, they did really well, and you know, pull off some very famous results. Uh, to be quite frank, and and you know, the season as a whole and that little run they went on, uh, being unbeaten for ten or eleven matches or whatever it was uh, in the in, in November and December was 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 really inspirational, and I think really got you know really got a lot of people to take to sit up and take notice of a club that you know perhaps more casual observers of French football had n never even heard of. Uh, to say to say nothing of of uh, of the of the, of the way that the team operated as a whole, I think it was a fantastic season, and you know, you might have a little bit of frustration for the way that they couldn't get a result at Lorient. I mean, Lorient have not been that strong defensively this season, uh, but then again, neither have Gazelec been that impressive uh, going forward. So, I think the two met, and it was just uh, you know the wrong place at the wrong the wrong time. I mean, Lorient well, weren't gonna. Weren't going to lay down. They played well defensively, and and that was the season. Um, 
and then, again, and going forward, if some questions obviously remain about this club, you know, with a lot of the roster being a little bit on the older side. Uh, but, you know, if they can keep hold of Lurie, who I think has done a fantastic job uh, both over the past few years, um, then they've got every chance of, of coming back up. I don't think that uh, League De, uh presents itself with a lot of, str of strong teams next season. I think that Lens, Leave, uh, Rams coming down all look good, but um, there's no reason that, you know, should these should these veteran players be willing to continue to believe in Laurie and his philosophy, uh, that the guys like shouldn't be right there uh, to continue to, um, to, sorry, to create a push to return to League 1. Yeah, and we say farewell to Gazalek and Rasu. We'll join League 2 next season and we'll look forward to Dijon, Metz, and, uh, and oh, what's the Nancy. third club? Yeah, Nancy, there we go. Oh, Nancy Laurie. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing them next season, but we will move on. Commiserations to Luav, who last on goal scored. That's uh, I must hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was a really excellent final day in League 2 as well but mm. uh, shame for them, they'll be back next season and I'm sure they'll move on to better things but we'll move on from Liga now and back to the international scene as France manager Didier Deschamps announced his 23-man squad along with seven reserves uh, last, mm -hmm. uh, last week for the European Championships and there were very few surprises in his announcement uh, now we know who will be going officially Philip, is there anyone mm -hmm. who you did felt didn't deserve a place in the Le Blue squad? Well, didn't deserve. Uh, I mean, uh, this is uh, as this is more a case of uh, maybe someone deserving it uh, more. I think the 23 he picked are are very uh, very very much uh, fine players, and nobody is uh, um, nobody is a, is a bad player in that uh, that type of squad. Uh, I um, I heard something about uh, Stefan Ruffier. I don't know if, if you guys heard it, or maybe it was uh, something in uh, in the tabloids that uh, uh, didn't get uh, all my attention at the time. Uh, it was uh, some uh, sort of uh, bust up between Stefan Ruffier and Didier Deschamps. Uh, Ruffier saying, uh, "If I'm going, I want to be playing." Uh, so he allegedly said that to Deschamps. Uh, Deschamps obviously said no, that's not true. Uh, Ruffier obviously said no, that's not true. Uh, but uh, as it turns out, you have um, Bruno Custil, who is uh, going um, uh, as third goalkeeper, who in my opinion is not is, is not as good as, as Ruffier. And then you got uh, Alphonse, uh, Alphonse Areola, uh, another fine fine goalkeeper playing for for the Villarreal. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I believe that he did say those things, and that uh, he he would rather um, just not bother with uh, the the national team if he's not going to play. Uh, it happened for, to Ashley Cole for the World Cup, and uh, I think it's uh, I think it's fair enough. I mean, it's uh, uh, if he, he he is a football player after all, and uh, gotta respect his uh, his decision. I probably would have taken Areola over Costil uh, if in my you know. From 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 uh, just just in terms of age, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the defenders, I got uh, I got Dean Wong. I, I didn't think he'd go. I think she would go. Uh, it was a bit a bit of a surprise to me. Midfielder got uh, all the six. There was no surprise. Um, Gignac over Lacazette. I would have taken Lacazette uh, rather Gignac. Uh, not well, not seeing him obviously. Not from the Mexican league. But I can understand the choice. So you know, there are a bit, a uh, bit of uh, of players I would have taken, uh, and that Deschamps didn't. But overall, it's not, uh, you know, not the end of the world. I, I, and I actually expected him not to take Ben Arthur, um, for 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 the reason that France play 4-3-3, not a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2 with a diamond-shaped midfield, and uh, that Coman, uh, uh, I believe, is uh, more effective and. Uh, um, shall I say impact impact sub kind of kind of guy um, who will really embrace the experience and do um, very very well indeed. So you know it's a good it's a good squad. Deschamps did get criticised though for for not uh, taking Benafa, but that's a, that's about it really. Eric, let's talk about some of the slightly contentious decisions that Deschamps made. Let's start with in the defence and the decision to take someone like Jeremy Mathieu who doesn't really get a lot of playing time at Barcelona. Yeah, I forgot about that, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric, what do you think to that decision? You know, I think it's I think it's I think in the article that I wrote on the site, I think that the theme throughout this this squad is that 
that uh, Deschamps sees an opportunity to win this tournament. He's going to go with players he knows, players he trusts. And that is Jeremy Mathieu, because uh, as fantastic of a season as the likes of Samuel Mtiti and Laura Perrin have had um, in central defense, uh, the fact of the matter is that they don't have any international caps. Granted, Jeremy Mathieu only has, I believe, five. Uh, but the fact of the matter is he's a player who's been included in more squads, and uh, he's someone who Deschamps knows what he's getting. He also has the added ability to play to play left back, although I would counter that Mtiti could do a job there too were he to be called upon. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that's, that is that is has been and will continue to be uh, Deschamps' byline, that he wants players he knows who, what he's going to get. I mean, for me, the, the, I would argue that uh, Mangala uh, would be uh, the one to drop out of, out of central defense uh, rather than Matthew, given that Matthew does have the ability to, to play left back as well. Uh, I think that you know, Mangala appeared to, for me to a little bit of turn to, turn to corner during the, the two legs against PSG and the Champions League, but uh, just had a really disastrous end to the league season. Uh, Manchester City slipping into fourth and, and almost... Uh, and almost uh, being eliminated, not, sorry, not being eliminated, almost not qualifying for the Champions League again and due to uh, a really disastrous end to the season. Um, I think that he's still a player who has great potential, but you know, at 24, 25 years old, he needs to start living up to the price tag that City paid for Porto, uh, from Porto for him. And I, I, I think that, uh, that, uh, that Paran or uh, Umtiti would have been a better choice than, than like, Mingala. And and looking at the, very quickly at the seven reserves that's been called up by uh, Didier Deschamps, there has been a couple of surprises there as well, including Adrian Rabio and Drubio Sedebi from uh, from Lille. Philip, um, obviously injuries could carry in. Do you think if they are called upon, someone like Rabio or Sedebi will be good enough for the French squad? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Rabio has had a uh, better season than, for instance, Yohan Kabay or Moussa Sissoko, um, uh, who play in the in, in the Premiership. Um, so no, I'm not uh, I'm not particularly worried about uh, about Rabio. Uh, just that you know, I hope it's not that too much uh, important a game because uh, his disciplinary record and sometimes he makes some uh, useless fouls, and uh, he could uh, he could come short. Um, I just don't think he has the um, in enough uh, international experience yet, I think uh, Russia 2018 would be uh, would be great for him. But uh, I would I, I would uh, this is why I understand why Deschamps takes Kabay and Sissoko over a guy like Rabiot, um because he still needs to play a bit of friendlies to play a bit of uh, of games of this uh, magnitude. It would be good for him to be on the on the bench and, uh, or, or something like that. But um, so you know I I want to take issue with one thing there, Phil, quickly if I may. Yeah. We talk about Rabio as having a bad defensive uh, record. He has he, he had four yellow cards this year, two of which were in mm. one match in the league. I think it was in Champions League as well. Uh, I, I think it's when it's um, uh, some certain games where he just does some some useless fouls, um, and maybe maybe he didn't get red cards at every every single game. But uh, I just thought that um, he, yes, he has he has improved. But I I. In in terms of international football, I mean international football, I think it makes more sense, um, really, uh, to take uh, him over uh, to take uh, Caballero Sissoko over Rabiot at this moment in in time, based on what uh, what uh, frailties he has uh, shown. Even though he has improved, of that I have no 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 doubt. But uh, then again, playing for PSG, you've got uh, most of, most of the time you're playing against against sides who are playing for um, not losing not losing too much so I think I think he's, he's very close to being the finished article you know uh, no no question no question about it but uh, I would yeah I would rather have uh, Sissoko or Kabai play in uh, shall we say we, we, we play we play England in the quarterfinal I'd rather have Kabai on the pitch than, than Rabio. I mean Sissoko this this is the thing I, mm. I understand what Deschamps is doing in mm. picking an experienced squad but the fact of the matter is, if you're picking a bunch of 26 and 27-year-olds, uh, Sissoko is 26, he'll be 27 in the summer, mm. What? What? he's not going to play a significant role in this team in, in, in going forward. So why not start to blood in you know, these younger players like a, like a Rabiot, like a... Yeah. I mean, again, Corentin Talisa's injured, but he'd be another, I think, fine example. Um, yeah. 
But who would you who would you leave? Um, not home because there's, there's a tournament is at home. But uh, who would you leave out of the 23? Who would Rabio take the place of? It's a, it's quite a tough call actually because because you're talking about the, about uh, about uh, taking the players he trusts. So it's quite difficult to to say okay I wouldn't take uh, for example Angelo Kante or or um, or Lassana Jawa, which is pretty harsh if you don't take those because they've had outstanding seasons. I think I think it's more down to being unlucky than. Well, this is the thing. I I agree with I agree with that. And you have Conte, one of Conte or Diar at the base of midfield. You mm -hmm. have Matuidi on the left, mm -hmm. and then you have Pogba on the right of the four three three. Pae provides Pae can could 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 function in one of those in one of those roles to the left or the right. Uh, and 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 the same thing for Kabai. So what functions does Sissoko really? Really give you. He's a fantastic player with the ball at his feet. Versatility. Yeah, that's that's of. Well, but what <laughs> I'm saying. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I think he offers. Uh, uh, given given the season he's had, but you know, yeah. But I mean, doesn't don't Kabai, Conte, and Dr offer you the same thing in terms of positional versatility? No, so I don't think so because Sissoko can really play as a winger, and he did at the last World Cup. Uh, while uh, Conte, Diawa, um I mean, can't. I mean, they're not. They're not wingers. Uh, I think Sissoko. Why he gets in is because he's versatile and because he was at the World Cup. But that's it. You could say you could say the same thing about any of Francis Ford's. Griezmann can play all across the front line. So can Marshall. Mm -hmm. Coman can play on both wings. Paye again, not a striker, but can play can play wide on either flank. Uh, mm -hmm. Worried to be so called upon. I think you already had that versatility in Spades, and that Sissoko's spot should have gone to one of Rabiot or Ben Arfa. The the one thing I would not you know I'm not I'm not particularly uh, I'm, I don't disagree with uh, it's just that um, you know I I I I I get I get what Deschamps is is trying is 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 doing and and you I mean you do too uh, but uh, you know that's uh, that's maybe uh, the luck of the luck of getting uh, the luck of getting in in a, in a squad. I mean, I I know a lot of uh, 1998 players won the World Cup, and there's a image uh, back uh, back in the day had to leave uh, outstanding uh, outstanding players at home. I mean, this 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 usually happens, but sometimes in with squad cohesion, it's uh, it's even more important to have to have that kind of, that type of player, not particularly good, but just uh, some uh, real uh, uh, very good for team cohesion. This is, for the record, this is, I think, why Italy won the World Cup in 2006, is that all the players, you know, they stuck together, they were a great team, probably weren't the best. No bias, of course. <laughs> I will, we'll just very bookend that conversation of saying that I, I think, credit to Sissoko at the weekend, I thought he was superb in a, what was essentially a non-game anyway. Mm. My reason, I would think that Deschamps is keeping him in the squad, He's is he's probably the most similar to someone like Paul Pogba. If if Pogba becomes injured, Sissoko is probably the closest style-wise to replacing the type of player he is compared to anyone else to stay in that similar sort of role. But uh, that would be my. I wouldn't. I would agree that I think Hatem Benarfa is a better player and would work better. But that's what I think the reasoning would be behind it. But just to very quickly finish this conversation, Eric, um, is there anyone who can be very disappointed that they've missed out completely? Someone like uh, Gail Clichy or maybe Maxine Gomelons? As in not even making the provisional squad? Yeah. Um, given Ruffier's issues, I, I, I would say... I, you, you might give, make an argument for one of Matthew Debussy or... Uh, or Sebastian Corsia. I think that uh, Debussy's bad luck with injuries uh, and lack of playing time at Arsenal really undid him because I think that he, he's shown since his return from injury in the last six weeks at Bordeaux that he, he still has what it takes to be uh, a, a right back of a, of a quality, of a caliber uh, that's, that's of the international level. I think I think Corsia as well had a really fine season uh, with Lille. Uh, he continues to improve. He's someone who's yet to receive his first uh, cap for the international, for the full squad. But I think that's coming in the near future, given the age of um, of Francis' right backs at this point in time. Right, and we look forward to the the Euros that will start in in just under a month now. So it sl slowly creeps up on you, but we'll it look. It must forward have been to a it. tough decision to make for Deschamps. Who who do you who do you put in the provisional squad? C uh, CDB or Corsia? 
because they're both fine players. But I think, yes, CDB, CDB does offer more going forward. But, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, they've had similar seasons, very solid, and especially uh, when Antonetti took took uh, took uh, took the, um, uh, the managerial position. So Kosha can, can be uh, indeed very uh, hard done by, shall we say. Well, or this is the thing. Very happy. <laughs> Just briefly as Dakota, I mean... Mm. Right now, France have such an amazing array of attacking talent, great center backs coming through, but right back is a huge position, is a huge yeah. issue for me. Yeah. They yeah. need to have Corsia in this squad because what, where, what are, where else are France going to get a right back from? I mean, there's some intriguing young players, maybe the likes of a, uh, Stephen Moreira at Rennes, but he's so far from being a fixture uh, for the for the full, for the for, sorry for the full squad that. There could really be a lack, um, you know. If I mean, Debussy will be 33 at the next World Cup, so you know, what are what are France looking at in terms of surrounding this incredible midfield and attacking talent with uh, going into the next World Cup? Deschamps is just being a little bit too short-sighted, if you ask me, in terms of the players that he's including in this team. He needs to have some players that are going to be important in in two, four, six years down the line uh, included in this team. I agree 100%. Yeah. And uh, ironically, tune in to our website in the next couple of days as we do have an exclusive interview with Sebastian Corsier on the site. So keep your eyes peeled for that one as well. That will be very interesting. Hopefully he has some thoughts on missing out on that Le Bleu squad. But uh, we move on now because it's time for the GFFN Awards as voted by you and partially by all our writers here at Get French Football News. Now, before we start, we want to thank the overwhelming amount of you that voted on our website and through Twitter. We had over 10,000 responses, much more than we could have hoped for, and for that, we big, big thank you from all of us here. So we will start with the GFFN League uh, Manager of the Year, and the nominees are Paris Saint-Germain's Laurent Blanc, Leonardo Jardim of AS Monaco, Angers' boss Stéphane Moulin, Thierry Laurie of Gazlec Ajaxio and OGC Nice manager Claude Puel. The winner is Claude Puel. So it's the, <laughs> the congratulations to the Nice boss because Philip, they've had a really spectacular season under his leadership, haven't they? Yeah, it's a complete deserve for uh, Puel. He's uh, the type of manager who doesn't want to be in the uh, in the limelight, and it's uh, it just it just shows that he's extremely good at um, nurturing. Uh, young players and putting them on the pitch. We've seen it with uh, with Cosiello. I thought I thought he was uh, uh, he was great to give uh, debuts to all those all those players. It's amazing. It's amazing how many of them have made uh, their actual um, career debut um, this this season. How many how many opportunity he's been he's been giving to uh, players like uh, Buscagli, Onora, uh, Paulin Puel, uh, which I think is his son. Um, uh, Correa da Fonseca. Uh, there's even a guy called Ranieri who played twice. It really is um, a testament to uh, to how he he gives youth its chance and and does it extremely well. Uh, the fact that Benalfa was there, I think, maybe <clears throat> put a shade on on the whole thing because Nice had had a uh, just had a tremendous season even without uh, even without Benalfa, and uh, Puel will. Be remembered as the one who gives you such chance, and and um, he can he can also he can he's not he's not um, uh, doesn't have a fixed system. He did play for Sushu with Lille for a very very long time, uh, with which he almost he almost won the league, uh, finished second. Uh, there he's playing with uh, this uh, uh, sort of new uh, new fashion of playing four four two with a diamond shaped midfield. It works uh, tremendously well. Valère Germain is a totally different player than he is at Monaco. He's been excellent. Uh, just, uh, just a deserved, um, deserved award for Puel. And I totally agree with that. Just to, just to mention, I've just been told that we were it's close to a hundred thousand votes for this award. So thank you, even bigger. Thank you mm. for everyone who voted on this award. That's an absolutely crazy number, and and we're very, very happy to have that sort of interaction with the GFFN nation, as it were. But uh, Eric Clubwell's contracts up this summer. Nice must be desperate to get him signed and, and ready for next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being in qualification for the Champions League for the final day of the season and bringing along these young players, 
bringing along these players that you know aren't exactly young. I'm thinking the likes of maybe a uh, of a Mendy of a of a Seri who you know are in, are in their mid twenties and are established players, but perhaps didn't have the reputation that they that they that their talent uh, their talents that are now on display under Puel have uh, have been shown this season. I I think that. You know, with the feature that Nice potential that Nice have uh, between this this exciting array of players, behind, between with their new stadium, uh, with their youth academy, which continues to turn out has continued to turn out good players. I'm uh, thinking particularly likes of Vincent Paziello, uh, Johan Cardinal. Uh, that uh, that it's been just a really impressive season for the club, and that I think uh, Puel, who exited Leon on, if you know, to be honest, a, a pretty poor note. I think I think that we you know, there needs to be a quite a quite a bit of uh, credit given to uh, given to the manager for rehabilitate, rehabilitate not only his reputation but placing the club in a fantastic position going forward uh, in terms of in terms of the young young and developing talent they have there. Yeah, he really is, and he brought a really entertaining style to Nice. They were really really good to watch at times this season, and uh, should he stay on, they can hopefully maybe even continue the great work that they've been doing there. But if he does end up leaving, they'll not forget him for any time soon. Now, for the Liga goalkeeper of the year, and our nominees in this category are Leon Stopper, um, Anthony Lopez, the man between the sticks for PSG, Kevin Trapp, Marseille goalkeeper, Stev Mandanda, Nice's Johan Cardinal, and Lille's Nigerian keeper, Vincent Enyama. And the winner in this one, for all you that voted, is Steve Mandanda. Congratulations to the French international who has arguably, be, arguably been Marseille's best player this season, Eric, hasn't he? Absolutely. I, I think that, you know, this the, the defence for Marseille this season has actually been fairly decent, and most of it you've got a credit to Mandanda. I mean, uh, Nicolas Nkulu uh, is coming back from a serious injury. Uh, he had He's had to deal with a multitude of, of partners, uh, Jorge Orlando, Karim Rekic, uh, Stefan Sparagna. Uh, there's, it's just been, you know, really a, a, an iffy, uh, an iffy, def- an iffy defense at times. But uh, credit to Mandanda for for getting the organization right, for you know, commanding the box, for uh, being the the big, powerful, you know, just incredible keeper that he's that he's shown uh, during his best times. I mean, we we think back to Marseille advancing to the quarterfinals of the Champions League, to winning the league. Uh, Mandanda was at the heart of all that, and um, again, he was behind a veteran defense th- at that time, so that allowed him uh, the chance to, to to grow and develop as a keeper. But I think now he's really come into his own uh, and has become the you know the unquestioned leader of this team, even with you know veteran players ahead of him, uh, the likes of Alessandro Diara and and uh, Rolando and and Kula themselves as well. Uh, Mandanda is what makes this makes this team tick defensively, and. and Honestly, you know, given how how poor uh, Marseille were at home and how how poor they were in terms of their scoring record, uh, I honestly think, given their the, the number of points that the club finished on, uh, Mondanda was, to be quite frank, the difference between uh, Marseille being relegated and and staying up. Uh, his heroics, I mean, yeah, okay, they're nine points off safety, but you know, a win here and a win there turns into a draw, and Marseille could have, could have potentially really been sweating it this season, but instead they're in a cup final. And well, yes, you know, 13th isn't exactly the placement that a club of their stature wants. Uh, you know, if they can spring a surprise against PSG this weekend, uh, I think a lot will be forgiven, and uh, Mandanda can, you know, his future is yet to be decided. Uh, potentially exit the club uh, on a very high note. Uh, a tremendous season from him, especially after the sort of unevenness he'd endured in the past, uh, the past two or three seasons. It's yeah, a no. good debate to be had. Who's had the best season, Mandanda or Giawa? It's a bit harsh. <laughs> Well, thinking, uh, like Eric mentioned, then the amount of points he might have said, I'm trying to dread to think if they didn't have Mondonda between the sticks. But that might be the situation soon with him coming near to the end of his contract and looking like he's going to leave in the summer, Philip. Um, hopefully the cup final will be the ideal send-off for him, but he's had a terrific career, hasn't he, at Marseille? Yeah, he's always been regarded as uh, Eric Gerrit, who was uh, um, manager for Marseille a couple of years back. It was before Bielsa. He called him uh, his uh, his jewel. Um, 
Le, Le Bijou, he used to he used to call him. Um, he always have this. Um, you always you always feel a bit bad um, uh, for him, uh, given that he doesn't get to play that much for for France. But he really is a an extremely talented uh, talented shot stopper. And uh, this season he's been. It's not this season. It wasn't even a contest. There was nobody, no one who could touch him. Um, even even Anthony uh, Anthony Lopez. Um, even in Yama, who uh, who was uh, he was who was quite good as well. Trap made his uh, made his mistakes, and um, yeah, it was just uh, he was just head and shoulders the best goalkeeper in the league. Yeah, no credit to him, and if that is the last we see of him in league, it's been an absolute pleasure to watch him in the last couple of years, especially. Um, Good time for PSG. Yeah, <laughs> so he might stick around yet, especially if, mm. if Kevin Trapp continues to drop crosses on every occasion, but we'll wait and see. Our our next category is for the worst player in league uh, this season, and the nominees for the award that no one really wants to win are Trois forward Corentin Jean, Marseille defender Karim Rekic, Leon Maestro Matteo Valbuena, Marseille Loni Lucas Silva, and Trois centre-back Mathieu Saunier. And the unfortunate winner of that award is Lucas Silva, Philip. It hasn't been the, exactly the best of seasons for the man on loan from Real Madrid, has it? No, for for such a young guy, I mean, I was I was quite impressed with him. Uh, he played in a Champions League quarterfinal against Schalke uh, last season, I think it was, and uh, was quite uh, was quite promising. And you would have thought he would have given a bit a bit more, but it is quite hard. I mean, the uh, the context of the club is quite hard, and I think you need to be mentally extremely strong to to uh, respond respond to uh, a, a massive massive game at the Vélodrome, which is more or less all the time. Um, you know, it's it, it it was always a challenge for him, and uh, well, you must yeah, you must say he was uh, he has been uh, extremely poor and uh, not uh, not helping really uh, Jawa uh, in the centre of midfield. So on the one hand, you had Jawa being very very good, and on on the other hand, you had uh, Lucas Silva being very very bad. Still think you know, I mean, uh, in in another season, he probably would have given uh, more. More confidence going into into such uh, such a role, um, but um, unfortunately for the uh, for the lad, the uh, the award is deserved. Eric, it seemed like a season that went from bad to worse to dreadful at times for Paul Lucas Silva, but it's probably the the awards deserved for him in the end, isn't it? Um, you know, I've got mixed feelings on this. I, I think that. We talk about some of these players, uh, Jean, Reykjik, uh and Silva in particular. They're still young, developing players, uh, and it, you know it's much like I, I think some of the, some of the criticism I've seen of Memphis Depay uh, signing for Manchester United to give, you know, perhaps our England-based listeners a, a little bit of an analogy, is that that you know it, it may take a while for some of these players to settle in and to really come good. It, you know, not everybody can be, uh, you know, say for example, a Dimitri Payet and just come out of the blocks all guns blazing and, and be a you know an incredibly influential and successful player um, I, I do think though that you know given Silva's behavior um, you know trying to force a, a move to Anderlecht for example in the winter window uh, I think that he should be taken to task for that I think that it, it, you know you need to start showing a little bit more uh, to be a success at, at Real Madrid than, than Silva's shown both um, both on a personal level and in a competitive level, um, but again, you know, for me, you know, I I would personally have picked Valbuena. I think that, uh, you know, given his off-field issues aside, has has been a real disappointment uh, for uh, for Leon this season. I, I think that he had a real chance to be a natural replacement for Bekir when Bekir went down and and you know sort of failed to take the team on his on his shoulders, which is a little bit of a disappointment given his. Uh, vast experience over his career, uh, but that being said, um, I do understand why you know our our, our listeners and our readers have, have voted for Silva. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you were to say, oh, you know, Marseille are going to get a a young, promising Brazilian from Real Madrid on loan, uh, you know, I, I think that th- that would certainly uh, excite me where where I am a Marseille fan, and for, to have it have the player perform in such a way after after you know being heralded heralded in that manner. Uh, I think we'll, you know, sh- surely have left a bitter taste in a lot of fans' mouths, and I can see, you know, why the voting went the way it did. 
I think it's harsh on Van Buena still. I mean, uh, he hasn't been good, but worst player of the season is quite a is quite a stretch. Maybe when you, when you when you take everything into account, given his talent and how he should have probably done done better. Um, to, to me, as the other players deserve to be more in that list than Van Buena. Um, well, it's worse versus expectations, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, well, how, are we, mean. how are we defining this on an individual level? I think that anybody who voted for that award is probably thinking about it with their own unique perspective. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for me, my perspective is here's Valbuena, a player with loads of league on experience, loads of international experience, Champions League experience, um, you know, being being a real flop. I mean, yeah, again, yes, he was injured. Yes, he yes, he had this, this sex tape thing hanging over him, and it's it's been a disappointment, but... Uh, you know the fact of the matter is, you know he was brought in, brought in to be, uh, you know a veteran influence on this team uh, heading into Europe. A lot of these younger players had never competed in the group stages of the Champions League, uh, and Valbuena could be sort of a, you know, an, an on-pitch leader uh, along the likes of Maxime Gonalon for the for the attacking players. And he he failed to produce in that way. But again, you know I I, I understand that you know. If, if, we, if we're going stri- strictly on on-pitch performance, I think, you know, apropos of age or, or context, I think Silva probably does deserve the award, mm-hmm. uh, all things considered. Yeah, and, and and to take a management analogy, it's not usually one mistake that creates the the um, opportunity. It's a several mistakes piled into one, and one bad performance, another bad performance, then something off the field like demanding moves elsewhere doesn't favour you, and it snowballs from there, really, but... Uh, Sorry for Lucas Silver. Unfortunately, he's the recipient of that award. But on to our next category, and it's more positive at least, and it's league as young player of the year. And your contenders are Nice midfielder Vincent Cosiello, Marseille's main man this season, Michi Batshuayi, Ren winger Usman Dembele, Leon youngster Rashid Ghazal, and Paris Saint-Germain midfielder Adrian Rabiot. And the winner for this award as voted by you, it was very close, this one we will say, and it's Usman Dembele. What a rise for the young man who's just turned 19, apologies, yesterday, and will be off to Borussia Dortmund in the summer. How good has his year been this year, Philip? It is extremely, extremely exciting. Uh, very sad, actually, to uh, to see him go so soon. I would have thought that uh, he were, he would have stayed maybe two seasons in the Rennes. Um, I'm of the opinion maybe he should have uh, he should have stayed a bit more for experience, but he is going at a club where he is going to be we- very well treated um, as a youngster and a club that has a track record of uh, developing youth um, potential. So that's uh, that's very good for him. I mean, I'm I'm actually quite glad that he uh, he's going to Borussia Dortmund and not say uh, Bayern Munich. It's uh, and and to think of that guy with <laughs> in the same side as Aubameyang with uh, with Kagawa and uh, Mikitai and putting putting passes together is quite scary. I mean, uh, Borussia Dortmund are going to be a, a a very tough opposition next season in in the Champions League. Dembélé is is a is a real going back on Dembélé. He's um, um, an absolute uh, class class act. When it comes to uh, to dribbling, put, uh, put, uh, taking the ball from uh, from afar. Playing down the rings, going centrally, going wide, um, uh, shots, shots on goals. Uh, the, the passing is not too bad either. I mean, uh, for his age, um, is is uh, really is. You you just understand why Dortmund have bought him, really. To to me, yeah, yeah to to me, it's, it's a deserved award, even though it was close against uh, against Cotillo. Eric, he was a real shining light this season, wasn't he? For any, really lit up the league at times. Oh, absolutely. I, I think you know, he, he probably became the most talked about young player uh, in European football, and that's, you know, you're seeing that, you know, a piece on The Guardian getting 300-plus comments uh, for a player that, you know, made, made his first team debut this year in, in November, I believe. And it's that's just really tremendous to see how, you know, meteoric his rise has been and, and what his potential really is. Um, I think that he's yet to, to really find a position. Is he a winger? Is he a central player? Uh you know, is he, you know, perhaps sort of a sort of a second striker? It, his real position, I think, needs needs to be figured out. But um, the fact that you know people, including myself, were seeing him as a potential outside shot for the um, the French uh, the, the French squad this summer, you know, having not heard of him 
you know, five or six months ago, I, I think is is just really just incredibly impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just a, a real, you know, really impressive uh, group of young players throughout the league, and uh, I think Dembele, you know, given how much of an impact he had uh, on on Ren's season and their push for Europe, which ultimately fell short, um, was really impressive, and he, he's fully deserving of the award. Yeah, and I just want to say that I was lucky enough to catch his debut. Actually, it was against Bordeaux back in November, and he was really good in that game. He didn't really show exactly everything he was in that single game, but there was there was a glimpse of something there, and then we saw in the following weeks just how wonderful of a young footballer he is. Great with the ball at his feet, willing to attack players at will and keep the ball in close control. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful young player, and Joining a club like Borussia Dortmund that already has players like you've mentioned, Philippe Mkhitaryan and the likes, and and th- and th- and Aubameyang, and and even thinking of the young players they've got there like Pulisic, who's another attacking player that's still only in his teens. That's still going to be a very exciting club for him to be involved with in the future, and uh, he certainly has a bright future within the game. Even though unfortunately it won't be in front of our league eyes anymore, but uh, a wonderfully well deserved. Res- Award for the for the for the uh, youngster. No, I mean you can you can always come back. I mean, <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> There's open arms for that invitation. Yeah. Isn't there, I think I, I, I don't blame you. Always been absolutely wonderful and and good luck to him in Dortmund. Hopefully he can help push them towards knocking Bayern Munich off that perch. But we'll wait and see on that one. It's uh, time for the big individual award of the night now, and it's the uh, League uh, Player of the Year. And here are your nominees. Is PSG creative outlet Angel Di Maria, Jean-Michel Serri of OGC Nice, Leo winger Sofiane Bouffal, Paris Saint-Germain captain Thiago Silva, and the PSG legend himself, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And unsurprisingly, the winner of this award is Zlatan Ibrahimovic himself. It was a spectacular final season, really, at times at the, for the uh, for the Swede. He's been a real force again. Philip surely will be the winner. Yeah, associate goals tells its own its own story. I'll still, you know, I'm not going to be uh, um, to be all praise for for Zlatan because he was he was being brought to win the Champions League. Uh, not played particularly well against Manchester City in the first leg, but um, he did the business like he, you know, as as usual. And um, yeah, I mean, now that it's over because it is over, Zlatan is is leaving Liga. Or at least he's leaving PSG, but I don't believe any other side can afford his wages. So I, I do believe he is heading your way, though, Nathan. I've heard some uh, some very very promising reports. Um, so this uh, rumour to Manchester United, but um, no, it's still still absolutely uh, sensational. Very very difficult to defend against. Um, and he's had much less. He's, he's, he's definitely had a better season than last season, where uh, just like um, most of the PSG squad, he had the. He was maybe being a bit uh, complacent. I thought this season he had uh, a, a very accomplished season. Definitely his best PSG season, like most like most players since have been there since the Qatari um, buyout. Eric Zlatan's had a terrific four years at PSG, where he's really fully finally established himself as a top of the top of the pile kind of player. How would you sum up his time in Liga? I think that we need to I've got a piece on this coming out uh, tomorrow, uh, I believe, for the for the site. I think that we need to set aside uh, PSG's, you know, European failures, uh, if you can call them failures, considering when they were five years ago. Uh, you know, making the quarterfinals of the Champions League in in so many years as they have done, I think is an incredible achievement. But what it is is Ibrahimovic brought a real sparkle and a real locus of attention to French football. Um, Lyon had been in, Lyon and Marseille had been struggling a little bit in that time due to financial issues. Uh, Lyon were really hamstrung by the signing of Yohan uh, uh, Gorkouf and how that didn't work out and they couldn't push on in the Champions League. Uh, and the season before, you know, PSG had brought in some nice players, the likes of uh, Kevin Gamero and Milan Bisevac, uh, Diego Lugano. Uh, but uh, Blaise Matuidi, who worked out, he's worked out incredibly well. But uh, there, there wasn't, you know, a real focus about the club. Uh, that you know, bringing in the likes of, of Zlatan Ibrahimovic did that made a real statement of intent for uh, what PSG wanted to do, both in France and um, in the Champions League. 
And his impact can't be understated. You know, again, he's had his issues with Ligon, with the, with officials, with the quality the quality of opposition. But uh, the fact of the matter is, the attention that he's given to this league, to football in France, uh, is is just immense. I mean, he, you know, even though he's you know he's at his age, not on the playing level of the likes of a Neymar, Suarez, Messi, Ronaldo, Gareth Bale, uh, he's still an incredible talent. Um, and his audacity, both on and off the pitch, just makes him such a magnetic personality. And we, you know, we as uh, as as those who pay attention to to French football, you know, should be count ourselves incredibly lucky to have had him uh, playing in Paris for four seasons. Um, and it's just been a really a wonderful ride, and he's just been an incredible player. Uh, and this this award is is as well deserved as it ever has been. Uh, you know, setting that setting that uh, PSG record, uh, 38 goals in 31 matches. It's just a staggering amount of scoring. Again, you know, again, there's a big difference between the budgets of other clubs. But you know, Ligue 1 is a defensive league. That's an incredible amount of goals. So well done to Zlatan. Uh, congratulations and hope and good luck in whatever his next uh, uh, event uh, adventure is. Yeah, it's hard to deny that Zlatan's been absolutely terrific at Paris Saint-Germain, and especially this season as well. Didn't start off necessarily the best, and we we have criticised him at times, but he really came through in the second half and the second two, last two thirds, you would say, of the season. And he's really been sensational for the last four years. I've I've enjoyed watching him ever since I, I first saw him at Inter about ten years ago now, and and he's such a magnetic footballer. I mean, there's been mentions already. On, uh, on on news that outlets that the likes of uh, Carlo Ancelotti and, and Gregory van der Veel even confirmed that he really brought the squad together when he came to the club. So it shows you just why he feels that he's a legend of that club because he feels that he brought that final piece that they needed to push on with the Qataris at the helm and terrific for him. And if he does come Manchester away, you know, I'll be welcoming him with open arms as I always would have done for, for the big Swede. But congrats to him and a sensational um, campaign and, and a sensational uh, few years in Liga. But we uh, finish this evening with the Liga Team of the Year, as voted by you, the audience. Um, in goal, we have Steve Mondonda of Loen. And the defence is comprised of Leo Sebastian Corsia, PSG captain Thiago Silva, Leon centre-back Samuel Umtiti, and Nice's full-back Ricardo Pereira. In midfield, we have two at the base with Marseille's Lasana Diara and PSG's Blaise Matuidi. On the wings, we have PSG's uh, Angel Di Maria and Nice magician Hatem Ben Arfa. And up front, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is partnered by Leon forward Alexandre Lacazette. It's a wonderful team, Eric, and plenty of players that have really excelled this season. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we have some perhaps outside of the box picks. Um, I think that uh, Serge Aurier, you know, given his first half of the season, uh, you know, seemed to be a lock for this. But uh, I think it, with his attitude issues that uh, Corsia displayed consistency over the course of the season, that's well-deserved. Uh, Silva and MTT, the same thing. Uh, you know, you have someone who's been one of the world's best center backs for the past six or seven years, uh, and alongside someone who could be one of the world's best center backs for the next six or seven years. Uh, Ricardo Pereira has come out of nowhere, really. Uh, Porto Loni and has just really, really been impressive. Uh, and Lasana Diara again, out of the wilderness, uh, job done. Blaise Matuidi, uh, I struggle a little bit with injury and being worn down a little bit towards the end of the season, but still all energy, all action, uh, a class player. You know, were he four or five years younger, you know, PSG could probably sell him for for seventy five million. It's just a, a, you know, a, really a tremendous player and has been uh, Mr. Dependable throughout his career. Uh, Di Maria has been, you know, in and out. Um, I think for me, I might have gone with um, gone with Sofiane Buffal on that one. But you know, given given the given the number of assists he's racked up, it's it's kind of hard to leave him out. Uh, Hatem Benarfa, again, no question on that. The the vines and gifs and YouTube clips that he's generated during his time at Nice uh, have been really remarkable. It just really has pulled his socks up and burnished his reputation. Uh, and if he does get this move to Barcelona that's been mooted or to some other you know club that's on the Euro bigger on the European stage, it's well deserved uh, for a player who's you know finally seems to be coming good on his his promise uh, so long after leaving Leon. 
Uh, and Zlatan and Lacazette, you know, no issues there. Zlatan, as I just eulogized, was, has been tremendous, and uh, Lacazette's really put Leon on his shoulders uh, it, it, over the last two or three months and to lead this team back to the Champions League. So uh, I think, yeah, I, I have very little to argue with um, in terms of the, the squad. I think our, our, our listeners, our readers, our voters did a, a great job in really recognizing some players that might not have been the obvious choices. I mean, you know, maybe you'd go with Maxwell left back, for example, because he's a name you recognize and you've seen him play. But this this really shows to me that get French football news' audience is a, is a an intelligent and one and made some really considered decisions with uh, the eleven that they picked. So so well done and, and thank you everybody for voting. Philip, it's difficult to argue with many on that list, isn't it? I mean, there's been some really sensational performances out of those sort of players. The Hatem Benarf has been terrific and Blaise Matuidi again, a measure of consistency as he's been for the last few seasons. Yeah, especially plays uh, of um, so there's a level of uh, interest it takes of our listeners because it's uh, it really is a, a side um, that shows that people actually watch uh, not only PSG but watch Ligue 1. Uh, there was a UNFP trophies last week, and it was basically the whole PSG team with uh, Mandanda, uh, Benarfa, and Diawa. That was basically it. Um, here you you sense you sense that people are actually watching how Samuel Umtiti is doing, how Lacazette is doing, not just uh, not just uh, PSG. Of course, they are, they are the sensible ones. I mean, uh, you can you can really say uh, Mandanda is not going to get in because he was by far the best goalkeeper. Uh, same thing to something to be said about about Korsha against uh, Ricardo Pereira, who's been excellent. Um, and um, yeah, to, to me, to me, it's uh, it's a really good uh, it's a really good squad uh, that shows that uh, our readers and listeners know know what they're talking about. Yeah, and I, I just want to say a big thank you for for all the everyone that voted again because. Like you've both already mentioned, this team exactly shows that everyone who put, reads our content and, and takes part in our Twitter polls and stuff, they all watch Liga and, and don't conform to the likes of the UNFFP trophies that that just simply put a PSG team and a couple more players in. It shows the great depth in Liga, really, and the, the excellence that can be found in, in teams like Lise and Lille and Lyon and, not just, and Marseille, even though they struggled, other than just... PSG, which is great to see, and and a real credit to to everyone who voted. Thank you very much for for taking part. Uh, but that's all we have for this week's show. My thanks to Eric and Philip, and to everyone listening at home this evening. Join us next week for a league out review of the season. Abianto and goodbye. <laughs>